You're looking at. <laughs> you too. See? You too. So we finally got this thing happening. We do. We do. I have it recording, so. Uh, okay, you're on it. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing this. It's. Oh, uh, you're welcome. It's new to me, so I wanted to give it a try. <laughs> and I thought you were the perfect candidate. Uh-oh, the pressure's on. <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. It's just being recorded, so we'll see where it goes from here. Sure, no, this is great. Yeah, no, I, I've been so busy with the coronavirus, so I'm doing all these virtual sessions now, and it's pretty crazy. I I hear you. I'm doing some uh, tutoring um, with students, and I'm doing it all virtually. So pretty busy too. Yeah. 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 yeah I guess right. Yeah. yeah. Life throws curveballs. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It is. So how, how are you keeping down there? Is everybody okay? Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're allowed two uh, families uh, to be able to come to the house. So uh, we're doing good. Yeah. How about you, all of you? No, we're still, what's the word with us, Mo? When can we have company or? We can have social distance company. Yeah. As of today. As of today. We can, okay. We can expand our pod to two more people. Oh, we only get two more people, though, in our. Which may work because uh, my sons, Brennan and Jonathan, are up in Kelowna for a visit. So. In, they're probably going to stop here on the way back through to uh, Victoria. Yes. So haven't seen those guys in a while, so that'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin and uh, Kevin and Trevor used to come to the back step and visit with mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's hard, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, it could be worse though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's we, right. We could be dead. Yes, and we could have no <laughs> choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no well, and this your mom is good this is mom's good. good yeah mom mom's back home uh she was with jennifer for a while but she was just missed her little place and missed her privacy and missed her little you know her routine and the things that she does so we uh we decided her mental health was probably the the way to go because yeah. she's just so anxious and stressed out there so she's I still worry about her. I mean, I check in on her all the time, right? Every day and yeah. know, make sure she's okay. And as soon as we get the clearance, we're going to, uh, we'll probably hit the road and go to Calgary and visit her and see what else we have to do in terms of, you know, whether we need, she needs to go to care facility, sell her place, you know, all that. Yeah. It's At that lot. age. Yeah. Yeah. Mom's there too, but you can't force them. <laughs> no, you can't. No. no. It backfires when you try to force them. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it's it. The wrath is worse than the just letting it be. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. So you want to get started? Sure. I mean, you uh, you're leading this thing, so you uh, you go on your way. Uh oh, you froze up on me. Okay. Did I freeze? That's all we need now is technical difficulties. It's yeah, a, you froze up. It says the it says the internet connection is unstable. Okay. Uh, do you have a good video of me though? Am I am I yeah, am I across pretty you. clear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll just go with it. I use this uh, I use this all the time, Zoom. So 
Yeah. Sometimes it works fantastic and other times it just gets glitchy. So Yeah. We'll uh we'll see what happens and if it gets too complicated, we'll just uh wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Do it again maybe in a another platform. But let's give her a go. Okay. Um so I'll start with the first question. Uh what are the signs of uh, addiction? Signs of addiction. Cuz we well, all the definite Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Because uh, we all well, have... the definition of... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's a eagle addiction. We talk over each other. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, the definition of addiction is, you know, you engage in, in a behavior that you know is harmful, hurtful, damaging. And you keep engaging in the behavior, even though the consequences are negative, right? The outcomes yes. are negative, and yet we keep engaging in this behavior. So it's not just substances, right? It can be can be any kind of behavior. Uh, addicted to to uh, um, video games, right? Yes. Um, I deal. I work with a lot of people that have addiction to porn and uh, shopping. I mean, it's just. It, I guess at some level, it might be part of our nature, right? <laughs> I think, uh, do you believe we all have an addiction of some shape or form? Um, I don't think necessarily in the classic sense, you know. I think when we're looking at in this field that I'm in, you know, we're, we're more specifically focused on, on the substances, right? Yes. And that's the bulk of my work. And, you know, no matter where I go and, and, you know, a lot of times when I do talks or presentations or, or events like that, I'll do this little exercise and I'll, I'll say, uh, okay, how many people in here would be willing to put up their hands if, if, uh, if they have an addiction themselves, either now or in the past? And I'll yes. see a few hands come up, right? And then I'll say, and how many people have a family member, immediate family member that may struggle with a substance use problem? And I'll get a few more hands come up. And then I'll work it out, right? And I'll go, how many people may have a, an extended family member or a really close friend? Yes. You know? And and then I'll say, you know, you have a workmate or a colleague that may have a problem with alcohol and or drugs. And by the time I'm finished, right, pretty well everybody in the room has their, their hand up, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a serious public health problem. It is. Worldwide. Yeah. 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 And, uh, um, yeah so... So in terms of the symptoms, you know, when we're looking at substance use, uh, again, it's you, you engage in using the substance, even though there's negative consequences, right? You lose your job, you, you know, you uh, end up losing your driver's license, you end up, you know, maybe having difficulties, conflicts, or even, you know, a broken family, and yet we continue and engage in this behavior, even though we know it's going to have a negative consequence. Yes. That's how powerful, that's how powerful this thing is. It is. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've seen it oh, quite a bit um, yeah. in family. So it's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not someone that is addicted to that, it's hard to understand. So that's kind of why I wanted to do this today yeah. is to kind of help people understand. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big part of my, my work is working with what we, it's what we call concerned significant others. Yes. Anybody, any significant person in, in, in the drug user or alcohol user's life 
that is really concerned, right? And it's yes. typically, you know, family members, right? Yes. Siblings, parents, right? That, uh, and I work with, with the family. It's, it's crucial because traditionally in, in working with people with substance use disorders, the family's kind of excluded. Right? Yeah. And, and if they are included in the process, it's, it's generally very brief. Like they'll have a flat family day, let's say, or a family week at rehab. And, and typically then that, that, that can also be a, a time when the family members are actually kind of confronted, right? Yes. And, um, and somehow, you know, they're somehow held accountable or responsible, right, for enabling or being codependent. And yes. these are terms that, that I don't use anymore, and I, they're just not helpful. No. To say that you're an enabler, right, you're enabling this person to continue being an addict. Yes. An alcoholic. Um, we're just doing our best, right? Yeah. That, that's our family member. That's our loved one, and we're doing the best. That we yeah. Yeah. So those terms are just not helpful terms. No, there's a negative context be behind them. Yeah. And this is one of the biggest problems in dealing with this 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 issue, Kelly. Is that is the all these negative terms and and labels and uh, that. I find are just not helpful. Like I don't even use the term alcoholic. I don't use the term addict, right? We, we say, you know, it's usually person-centered, right? So we'll say, this is a person that has an alcohol problem or struggles with alcohol, with alcohol use disorder. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that way you're not making it about the person. Yes. Right? It's about, it's about the behavior. Yeah. That, and that helps to, to minimize, uh, kind of mitigate the, the stigma because stigma really is, is it's, it's, a, it's kind of the word buzzword that they throw around a lot. But when you break down the word stigma, it really is about prejudice, right? And discrimination. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what stigma is. Yes. It's prejudice and discrimination. Because and, that, um, that, the alcohol is or whatever it, it is that they're using is only a part of them. It's, they're not a bad person. So exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what one thing we need to change is let them know they're not a bad person. Um, yeah. 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 We're very, we're very diverse, right? I mean, we're just like the general population. We're all different types and personalities and characters. And yet again, traditionally and typically in, in, in the system, as we have known it, it's you're an alcoholic, right? Yeah. And that becomes your identity. That becomes who you are. Yes. Right. And that didn't that didn't go well with me. No. And that's why I, that's why I really kind of um, was a reluctant participant in in those types of programs. And and those types of programs are are ninety percent of the treatment industry. Yeah. Right? You were where you have to you have to raise your hand and say hi. My name's Mike. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, I'm more than that. You're yeah. more than that. Right? Yeah. You're multifaceted creatures. You are. We all are. You're, but yeah. you were fighting the stigma is yes. what you were fighting. <laughs> yeah. And stigma, and stigma goes hand in hand with shame. Yes. And so that's part of, uh, um, part of my brand is, is to help reduce that. Yeah. Reduce, the, reduce the prejudice, reduce this discrimination, reduce the, the, that element of punishment and to, you know, ultimately reduce the shame. Yeah. This is a very, this is a very shameful problem to have. It is. It is. It's, right. um, it's a, 
I mean, I've seen because of family members and different things like that. It's a, it's a, it's you understand that it's a disease, but you don't understand because you don't have, I don't have that. I don't deal with that stigma of, yeah. or, or, or of the alcohol. So it's, it's hard to understand. Yeah. 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 And so a big, a big part of what we, what we do is to help, like I said, help, help everybody understand this thing a little better and try to understand this condition, disorder, disease, behavior, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. the jury's out on that too. I mean, all of the top experts debate and argue about what is this thing? Is, yeah. is, it, is, is it a disease? Is it a disorder? Is it a condition? Is it a learned behavior? And, and I believe it's kind of all of them all put together. Yeah. I mean, this is a very complex problem. Yeah. There's no easy, straightforward way of, of, of describing it, you know, and working mm. with it. No, because it's, it, you got to throw in the, your heredity, your heredity as well. Um, yes. It's, yes. if there's, um, family addictions can continue throughout generations. So it's, yeah. it's, look it's. Our family, look at, the, look at my family. Right. Yeah. My grandfather, my grandfather, my, my dad, uh, three out of us four, you know, I'm the oldest of four. Three of us have struggled with this problem, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, it's been ongoing for most of our lives. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause it, it, for me, it's, um, it was on my mom's side. My grandfather was an alcoholic. Oh, okay. I wasn't uh, aware of that. Yeah. And, but my mom and dad never drank. So we oh, kind no. of, they kind of broke the trend and yeah. You know, and that's, that's a wonderful thing and, and it can, it can stop it. Right. You yeah. can take that, but your mom and dad decided that they weren't going to have that right in their life or in their family, which yes. is an amazing thing. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and so it didn't, sounds like it didn't get passed on. No. No. But it, this is this is a, a, a scary, dangerous beast, right? It can jump generations. It does, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. I think a lot of yours was more probably environment. You were yeah. raised by two loving, caring, sober parents, and that just had an overall positive effect. Right? Yes, yeah. It just happened to include that, okay, looks like because of how well we were raised, um, we didn't. Yeah. didn't acquire this problem yeah there may be genetics still there but you guys have, have so much resilience to, to be able to to fight that off right to, yeah. to stop that it's a quite a remarkable thing yeah it's but when you it's a uh, with this pandemic going on it's it's i mean it's not the same but you kind of you feel like you're always on edge. So you like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking maybe if I just had a little drink and take the edge off and I'm thinking that's not good. <laughs> well, but it's true. It does. That's, yeah. that's the, that's the other part of this thing is particularly alcohol, right? I mean, all of them, but alcohol in particular, it does take away all your problems. So to speak, yeah. it does when you have all that anxiety and all that stress and all that tension <clears throat> going on, it, 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 it's very effective. Yeah. Very effective. Yeah. And you, but I think to myself, no, I don't need that. <laughs> I'll join uh, my diet Pepsi. <laughs> there you go. Right. So, you know, you have, you have what we call executive functioning, right? The prefrontal lobe that 
So there may be this little voice way back in the amygdala going, take a drink, have a drink, right? It's going to yeah. help you relax. It's going to calm you down. It'll make you feel good. And then, then by the time it goes to the prefrontal cortexes, which is kind of, you know, the amygdala is like the gas pedal. It's like, have that drink, have that drink, take that yeah. drug, eat that chocolate bar, you know what? And, and then the prefrontal cortex is like the, the, the uh, brakes. It says, no, no, don't do that because this is going to happen. That'll happen, right? And uh, it's not good for you and it's not good for others. So then you don't do it. Yeah. Right? yeah. But those of us that have, have the serious problem, um, that, that prefrontal cortex, the brakes, it's offline. Yeah. Or it's just not working very well, right? Yeah. And, it, and uh, that, that impulse, that drive to, to have the substance overpowers any of that reasoning and rational logical processing in the brain it's uh, it's amazing how the brain works it's uh and yeah. we're all in like all different it's all different yeah yeah it, it's true yeah very much so uh i'll ask my next question yeah. uh, are many who suffer from addiction also suffering from mental illness yes um Called concurrent disorders. Okay. So most of us, because they estimate conservatively, so 50, 50 to 60% of us have another condition. Okay. Right? I believe it's higher than that. I do um, too. Because when you're in the classic sense, yeah, you're thinking, okay, do you have a major depressive disorder? Do you have bipolar disorder? Do you have ADHD, et cetera, right? So these are kind of the formal diagnostic terms, right? in the DSM-5. So yeah, most of us do have something like that, like anxiety or depression or di bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. Um, but when you look at the whole diagnostic picture, right, there's a thing called PTSD. Yes. Post-traumatic stress disorder and complex stress disorder. And so now these, these, there's these stress disorder conditions that I believe most of us have. Yes. We have adverse childhood experiences so something we went through in our life in our home in particular you know would be de would be determined an adverse childhood experience slash trauma yes right so then we're how many of us have another condition probably 90 percent of us yeah right yeah right and my question is, like you were saying that with your, your, you and your siblings, three of the four of you had, like, suffer from this. Um, but, but I like, yeah, I always question what, what did the one, one have that the, what did the one not go through that the others, you know what I mean? Like, why the different effects on one two three because three is majority so it kind yeah. of be interesting to, yeah yeah be interesting to know why one didn't go through yeah didn't have the same experience well, this is where why it's, it's such a complex problem right yeah i believe that that this thing is is a very complex biopsychosocial problem or condition mm -hmm. there's biological issues right there's the genetics, there's the epigenetics. I don't know if you're familiar with epigenetics, but no, no. 
ge genetics are straightforward, right? That's yes. what we inherit from our parents and the previous generations on both sides, our mothers and our fathers. Yes. Hair color, eye color, you know, body shape, etc., and even personality traits, right? Yes. Um, those, th those are genetics. They're fixed, right? Now, epigenetics are, are another thing, and epigenetics probably were first discovered five to ten years ago. And what those are is it's how the environment impacts the genes. Yes. So, um, for example, if we go back three or four generations to, let's say, my great-great-grandfather or my great-grandfather that was in the war and yes. maybe suffered terrible trauma, yes. right? or we even go back further and maybe our Irish descendants that, that most, you know, a lot of them starved to death, right, and came yes. over from Ireland to Canada and, and you know, those boat trips are extremely traumatic. Yes. And um, a lot of them died of disease. And so what happens is all of these things that we go through in life, good, bad, ugly, and evil, they leave what's called an epigenetic marker on the gene. Okay. So epi means on top of. And so there's this, this marker that gets passed on. So we also inherit our ancestors' trauma. Okay. Right? That's interesting. And so... And so epigenetics are events in the environment that we go through that impact the expression of the genes. Okay, it either turns the genetic, that genetic, uh, that genome on or off. Okay. Right. And so I come into the world inheriting all of this generational trauma. Yeah. And then, then genetically, I probably have these genetic traits, particularly from my father, right? Yes. Uh, there's, no, there's no gene for alcohol, but there are probably hundreds of genetic traits or characteristics that we can inherit. Okay. Right? Yeah. So we get the genetics, powerful. Yes. And then we get the epigenetics, powerful. And then we get the environment that we're brought up in, powerful. Yes. And then everything that we go through in life ourselves you know, as, as adults, young adults, uh, right through our entire lives, they all compound. Yes. So you have this, this powerful biogenetic bio, bio physiological piece, right? That, yes. It's so strong. And I believe it, it's much stronger than, than we even generally think or believe. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's not it's something that a pill will fix. It's something that you need to do the background and the history of the family and yeah that's Absolutely. interesting it's crucial it's crucial now when you treat something biologically though i mean medication is appropriate right yeah and there are many medications that, that we can use medication assisted uh, treatment they call it right so we can get uh, you know opioid antagonists or uh, to treat opioid addiction uh, there's now medications we know that are off-label and very effective for treating alcohol use disorder. Yes. Um, so that's key to, to, to realize that there are medical um, treatments that we can use to help this problem. Okay. Right. Where historically it was, no, 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 you just need to stop drinking. You're an alcoholic. You need to stop drinking. Never drink again for the rest of your life and keep going to AA meetings. Right. Yeah. Um, that doesn't appeal to a lot of people. No, because you kind of, you need, you need a little, you need it all. You need, yeah. you may need the medication, but you also need the, 
the therapy or uh, someone you can trust that you can communicate with that when you're having a bad day you can you can as i said earlier take that edge off and 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 deal with Mm -hmm. what is causing the frustration that day yeah 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 exactly just our general everyday you know stressors in life yeah and so we look at the biological piece remember it's a biopsychosocial condition or problem and when then we look at the the psycho or the psychological psychiatric piece right and that's like okay like we were saying what else do you struggle with right a lot of us have adhd a lot of us have have you know mood disorders right a lot of us have other conditions that need to be treated and the trauma as well so as a psychotherapist that's that's my trade so to speak and that's what i do mostly in working with people so i help Mm -hmm. them understand which medications talk to the doctor get these certain medications that may be helpful try them and if they work great if they don't work okay don't we'll move on to something else right then there's this the psychological piece and that's what i do I work okay. with the person to 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 give them cognitive behavioral uh, treatments and skills and strategies and tools, practical applications of how to manage the drinking, right? And then yes. the psychotherapy, which is I'll I'll dig deep and then go. Let's go inside now and see what what you went through as a child. Yes. So my motto has changed from what's wrong with you to what happened to you. Yes, and that's, that's a big shift. Yeah, and that is because. Uh, I did some work for a short period of time with Corrections Canada and uh, in the Dorchester Penitentiary, they actually have, I mean, they have a psychiatric ward within the prison system because there's many people that are going in that are dealing with uh, addictions or they're dealing with mental illness or they're dealing with both. Um, So do you, my next question then is, um, do you find, is it uh, only within certain, um, like, I don't know how to say it, but is there certain classes of people that you see it more, or is it, is it all, all types of classes of people? I might not be using the right word, but it's no, like... I- I understand if you're looking at race and socioeconomic status and those sorts of things, right? Yes. Um, well, of course, right? I mean, this thing can, where I, where I practice here and where I live in, in West Vancouver, right? We have the full spectrum of the, the socio, socioeconomic kind of strata of, of society, right? From yes. people that are living on the streets and homeless. Our First Nations are right here. There's a, a, a reserve right here in town. Um, and we have the extremely wealthy, right? Yes. They're all in kind of the same area. So we have kind of the full spectrum there yes. of, of society. And I have people that, that see me that are extremely successful, extremely well off and extremely wealthy. And I have yes. others that, that are not, that have nothing, right? Yes. And struggle and are marginalized. And so that's a big piece as well, right? Although it, it takes no prisoners, so to speak, this problem. No. It is clearly much more evident in our, you know, people that ha- are living on poverty or marginalized or, or um, our First Nations people are another example, right? And although they're only 5% of the population, 
we estimate that in Canada in general, in some provinces it's, it's even higher, it's around 30 to 40% are Indigenous people in the prisons. Yes. Right? So yeah. that's a hugely over overrepresentative of the general yeah. population. And so what we've done is we've criminalized um, mental health and addiction problems. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. Um, because in New Brunswick, we used to have um, sanctuary care or we had uh, mental health institutions where people could go and get help. And when they yeah. closed, that passed on to our prison system and it's criminalizing things that they need, there needs to be more help. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I did, I did a stint in a, in a provincial uh, correctional facility here um, due to all my uh, um, impaired driving related charges. And yes. the 30 days I was in that facility, I did kind of did my own informal study and just observed and talked to people in there and, I estimated anywhere from, you know, 70 to 80 percent were all they were in there on on addiction and mental, you know, mental health issues. Yeah. Uh, because they had committed a crime, right, to somehow, somehow it was either directly or indirectly related to their substance use issues or their mental health issues. They yeah. committed a crime and they're in prison. Yeah. Right? Where if these people were treated for the conditions right, properly, and if we decriminalized a lot of, you know, uh, smaller, you know, offenses, possession, etc. I mean, you look at other countries like Sweden and, and uh, Holland and, you know, the other Scandinavian countries, right, their, their prisons are emptying, Yeah. right, because they've decriminalized this problem. They've, they've, they've decided this is a social public health problem, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I. It breaks my heart to see it because it's people are committing crimes because they know they need help and they know yeah. if they go into our prison system, they'll get the help. Um, it might yeah. not be the right place, um, but they will get their medications and they'll get the help yeah. that they need. They need. Where if they stay on the streets, they're they're not going to get the help that they need. It's 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 sad. Yeah. It's a sad. It thing. is sad when when it's sad when prison becomes a better option than freedom, right? Because your freedom is you're living on the streets and barely surviving. Yeah. Right, and not yeah. getting the help you need. And it's it's um it's I'd rather see my tax dollars not to get political, but I'd rather see my tax dollars go to help them create a life for themselves than to be sitting in a prison system, not contributing to society because they have something to offer. They all have something to offer. So yeah, it breaks my heart. It does. It yeah. does. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a tough thing. It is. It is. I'm, I, every day I'm grateful for that. I, I, uh, the experiences that I had in life. It's uh, yeah. yeah. So with this pandemic going on, um, do you see you're seeing more um, addictions coming to the forefront? Uh, yes. I, you know, I'm seeing it. You know, in my own practice, and and you know, all of the uh, things you're reading and and seeing on media, right? It's the substance use. The, sub, the use of alcohol, in particular, has gone up significantly, right? 
Um, yeah. People are confined, people are isolated. And uh, uh, Johan Hari says the opposite of addiction is, is connection, right? Yes. And so we're isolated. We're not getting that social connection we would normally get. Yes. So we're looking for connection. And if you're living alone, right, and you're yes. lonely and isolated, alcohol and drugs are going to, you know, uh, yeah. unhealthily, you know, give you a sense of connection. Yes. Yeah. Because right. he, here in New Brunswick, and I think uh, Nova Scotia is the same, they've, uh, the liquor stores is one, one establishment that didn't close. It was kind of yeah. deemed essential, um, yeah. like the grocery stores and pharmacies. And I was like, why is it essential? And then I got thinking about things and I'm like, okay, I understand now because how do families deal with, you know, yeah. you're isolated and if you're in a situation and you're, you're, you have someone with and that is drinking and they may be physically abusive, you don't get away from that. So like yeah. it, it's, a it's, it's, it is really, you know, six of one half a dozen the other because yeah, it does give us, you know, some relief and it relieves tension and stress and anxiety and, um, you know, and it's needed. I mean, if somebody has, you know, a serious addiction mm -hmm. and their supply is suddenly cut off, whether it's alcohol or drugs, that can be very dangerous. Yes. Right. You know, yeah. if I'm a chronic drinker and I'm drinking every day and I rely on, on my alcohol to kind of keep me moving through the day, right, that's addiction. So you take that away, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, it, 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 there can be some, some very unpleasant and dangerous outcomes from that. But then again, we got to look at okay, but this 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 access to alcohol in particular, what what are the negatives, right? Yeah. And we and we're also seeing an increase in family violence, right? Yes. In the pandemic, so it's a toss up, right? Yeah. So my question is, is why wouldn't we provide more help in a time like this? Um, I mean, you can reach out, but if there's no place to find those that help, yeah. I mean, where do you where do you go? Like, if yeah. you're you're a single, if you're a mom and you have little ones, or even if you're uh, a mother and it's your adult son or daughter that is living with yeah. you in that situation, where do you go yeah. to get the help you need? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, before the pandemic. The system was already ineffective and, and inadequate, right? Yeah. Um, there's no reason why somebody, this is a public health problem. It's a social public health problem. And, you know, it's, and alcoholism is right up in the top three of the number one public health problems in the world. Yeah. Right? It's a very serious problem. Yet, how many countries, societies, et cetera, treat it that way, right? Yeah. And fund it that way. Yeah. We just don't, right? Yeah. Um, which takes us to the social piece, the biopsychosocial piece. So the social piece is important, right? And so we do have programs like AA and Smart Recovery, and because that's crucial as well. We need these mutual support programs. Yes. Right? We need other people that have similar problem, problems and, and are kind of like-minded and have the same goals to be able to create their own community 
to support each other. Yes. Right. In this problem. And, and, um, and I think that that's great and we need those programs, but I think it's up to the government to recognize that we need a lot more of that. We yeah. need rapid, easy access to treatment. We shouldn't have to be paying, you know, 30,000 to 50, $60,000 a month to go to a private treatment facility. No. Right? And even if we do go to a private treatment facility, why is that not subsidized by our health system, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just not. And so it's still not really truly recognized as a, as, as a serious problem as it, as it truly is. Yeah, it's, and I think, you, like you were saying earlier, it's the stigma. I think it's the stigma that is applied to it. And uh, it's, it's not, so for me, I'm one of those people that likes to help. <laughs> so for me, what could I do as a as a person to I don't know reach out to people or help people that are struggling? Um, yeah, well, I'll tell you just by doing what you just said, just reaching out helps, right? Yes. I remember when I was on the streets and homeless and and penniless and. None of my family was in my life anymore. But about once a week, once every two weeks, I'd get a, a little text message from one of my sons. Yes. Right. And it would just be something like, hi, dad, thinking about you, love you. And that would be just enough, right? Yes. To, okay, keep going, Mike, keep going. Right. Yeah. It was that little, I called them little nuggets of gold, little gems that I'd get. It yeah. would keep me going. So it is just a matter of, reaching out and saying thinking about you right yeah and i uh, hope everything's okay and you know if you need to talk i'm here to talk yeah right giving them that and hope it, yeah because there's so much negative right with yeah. this problem right? yeah it's it and we are exhausting to work with and treat right mm -hmm. it's this this addiction problem is a really difficult problem to treat yes and we can be really difficult I know that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because most of us that have this problem, particular alcohol, Mike, the guy that's drinking alcohol, that guy, the drunk Mike, is not this guy. No. Right? No. And and people forget that, right? And I'm not I'm not excusing the behavior or saying no. that it's okay. I'm just saying it really is truly like the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. You know, and most most professionals will, will speak to this at some level that, you know, you really are these two different characters, right? Yeah. Uh, two different personas. So when I'm working with people, I, I, I always go, okay, I'm, I'm working with this person, right? And I need to meet them where they're at and see them as just a, a, a human being, a person that has all the same thoughts, feelings, you know, that I have. Yeah. The same hurts, the same pains, the same joys. Etc. Right, and so I need to treat that person as a person, yeah. not as an alcoholic, a difficult, you know, reluctant, resistant alcoholic. Yeah, understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, right? I do. And and I... so that's why I really, you know, that's why I really try to work with the, with the significant others, the family members, etc. Is is to help them. Right. Here's another way, a different way of interacting. Here's a, a different way of communicating with this person that may be more helpful, 
to them and to you, yeah. right? So that so that you as a significant other can, you know, deal with your own anxieties and deal with your own stresses, et cetera, that you're experiencing. Yeah. This loved one that has this problem. So if you're starting to feel better about yourself and you're starting to be more effective in your interactions yes. with this person, then it's just going to be better overall. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I say to people, go, go and get yourself educated. Right. There are so many uh, resources out there and go to talk to somebody that is more at the forefront and at the cutting edge of the more, you know, um, current evidence-based approaches. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's just one, that's just one piece of that person. It's not, yeah. it's not who they are. It's just one part, not just, but it's one part of them and it's not the yeah. only part. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's why when you see like a mom, I always say mums because it usually hits the mums harder. Um, it can hit the dads harder, but with mums or significant others, it's because they know, they don't just know that, that one negative piece. They know the whole person and, That's right. and they want the whole person and they kind of want that, that little piece to kind of go away because they don't, yeah. it's, it's not who that person is. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the problem, right? Is we know that. Yeah, we know that that, you know, that's who not that's not who he or she is. No, that's the behavior. That's the problem, right? That they have. Yeah, what they're struggling with. That's not who they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a hard it's a hard. uh, I commend you for what you do. I know you're on both sides of it. And I, I commend you because I mean, because of what you went through with your own um, things, you could have walked away and said, I don't want any part of it. But when you're working with your clients, you have that understanding, which mm-hmm. is helpful for them um, yeah. to know that yeah, you've been, it is. been through that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does seem to help because the people, you know, people connect to that and they relate, right? And they know that you understand. Yeah. And, it, uh, I'm not saying that it's a prerequisite. I think you can anybody can work with people with addiction issues, but you know, if the if the person has lived experience, it does help. Yeah, right? it it builds that extra trust. Yeah. Um, yeah, that the person has because they know that you've you've been through like you've been through it, and you you yeah. came out on the other side. So it helps with the. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. Yeah. You would, uh, one of my aunt's mom's sister works, um, on the East side of Vancouver. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. She, she works, works in the downtown East side. She works in the downtown East side. I'm not sure wow. what clinic or where she works, but she's been there for quite a few years. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. What's her uh, name? Shelly story. Shelly story. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If she's on my Facebook, if you want to connect, Shelly's story. Okay, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. I she's, didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know that. No problem. Yeah. If you, if you, if she was down there when I was hobbling around down there, she, 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 <laughs> ten she, years ago. She, she, well, I was out there in two thousand seven, and she was, she was working. Oh. Okay, well, I was down there then. I was, I was down there two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. 
Yeah. Well, I'll definitely have to check her out. Yeah, you know, she'll uh, she'll give you. A, she's she's right down there. She's worked. She's been there for quite a few years. So. Wow. Yeah. Story. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we've been on here for how long. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, about forty minutes. Yeah, I don't want to hold you up any longer. And I, I didn't go through my question, all my questions, but we had a good, good conversation. It was good. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, if you got more questions, you want to do this again, I, I'd be happy to do it, Shelley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. problem. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll connect again. Maybe it'll be a weekly session. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring it to the Maritimes. <laughs> coast to coast. We'll call it coast to coast. Yeah, we can. From what's the 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 song? This is my land, or whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my land. This is your land. Yeah. From the Bonavista yeah. to the. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll um, I'll just uh, once I I'll review everything. I just didn't want to put it live because I didn't know how it would go. And I didn't, yep. I like to make things professional. So, all right, perfect. I'll, I'll record it so I can yeah. send it to you too if you want me to. And, uh, sure, yeah. Now, and just let me know, you know, if and when you're going to post it. And, okay, I will. I will. And say hi to, hi to Maureen for me and take care of yourself. I will. And if you, you need, too. just okay. give us a call. All right, say hi to all the family. All right. I will take care. All right, Jelly. Nice talking to you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.